0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Not So Grateful Debt Podcast. It is your host, Grayson Decker, back at it again with another lovely Wednesday episode. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Today is going to be a very interesting case. It really was like a, a head scratcher, if you will. It was very interesting, very confusing, still just confusing and all of the things so it's going to be a good episode this sunday is the first day of the halloween special so you're actually going to be receiving episode 20 the super exciting episode because it's episode 20 i can't believe we've made it that far you're also going to be getting the first spooky special episode so that'll be super exciting two whole episodes one day and then you're going to be getting One episode every single day following Sunday until the next Sunday. So eight whole episodes, all spooky themed, not necessarily true crime. So it's going to be fun. They're a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, I'm very excited. I think it's going to be really cool. I thought I would tell y'all some shows that I've been watching that are kind of true crime related because they're based off of real cases because they're so good. I've watched Friend of the Family. It's still actually coming out, and it's on Peacock, and it is delightful. I love it. It's a very good reenactment of the case, and Jan actually helped make the show, which is super cool. And we're also watching The Watcher, and it's really good, too, and that's also based off of a true case, so I recommend The Watcher's on Netflix, so... Definitely recommend. I've been really enjoying the fall weather recently that we've had here in Oklahoma. It's been chilly all week. Who would have thought? Not me. Definitely not me. It's been, it was like 90 something degrees on Saturday. We went to the OU football game and I thought I was going to pass out. And then this week, it's just been so nice. I love it. I am projected, by the way, I haven't told y'all about fantasy football in a long time. Here I am popping back in. I'm projected to be second, Creighton's projected to be first, so that's pretty good. I'm gonna knock on wood, so hopefully I stay where I'm at. I think that's about it. If you have any Halloween recommendations for like costumes for Creighton and I, please let me know. We're still struggling. Still have to find a costume though. <laughs> we're hosting something so we we need to be in a costume and i have no idea what we're gonna wear so please let me know what we should be i think that's about it okay now let's actually get into the case yeah it's a good case okay bye ashley renee Friedman was born on december 29th 1983 in Welch, Oklahoma, to Danny Freeman and Kathy Akita Freeman. Ashley lived with Danny and Kathy in their trailer home located on the outskirts of small-town Welch, Oklahoma. Ashley had one older brother, and his name was Shane, and she had just turned 16 when this case unfolded. Ashley's home life, however, was quite rough. There was abuse charges against Danny, her father, And Shane, Ashley's older brother, was quite a troubled teen. He was consistently getting himself into trouble and bad situations. In early January of 1999, Shane Freeman, Ashley's older brother, broke into the home of Gloria Bible, who was Ashley's best friend. Loria's family decided to file a formal complaint against Shane because he had stolen a few items of Loria's, and not only this, but he stole a few of the Bible's family guns. On January 8, 1999, David Hayes, an Oklahoma police officer, shot and killed Shane Freeman. Shane had stolen a vehicle and had taken this car on a a high-speed chase of sorts, and the stolen vehicle eventually broke down. And this is when Shane supposedly reached to grab what was believed to be a firearm. And this is when David Hayes shot and killed Shane. And in March of 1999, Danny, Ashley's father, began his trial for child abuse charges. And these charges were for an incident between him and Shane. So as we can see, the Freeman family was going through quite a lot around this time in their lives and things were just honestly pretty rough. The trailer home where Ashley Freeman and her family had been living did not actually have running water, and the family mainly used a wood-burning stove for heat during the winter. They did have phone service and electricity, though, so they weren't just completely bare of anything, any necessities. They did have some things that they needed. The Freeman family was known for being a very outdoorsy family, they loved to hunt, and they Really just loved to do anything that involved being outside. And this is really what they loved about their secluded home on the outskirts of town. They had space to partake in their favorite activities. Loria Jaylene Bible was born on April 18, 1983 in Claremore, Oklahoma to Jay and Lorreen Bible. Loria had one brother named Bradley Bible and Loria was also 16, during the time of this case. Like we talked about previously, her and Ashley were the best of friends. On the evening of December 29th, 1999, Loria Bible drives herself over to Ashley Freeman's trailer home to celebrate Ashley's 16th birthday. There are a few contradictory reports on what happens next, but either way, Ashley, Loria, and Kathy, who is Ashley's mother, they all go out for dinner. The different reports are that the three of them ate, at a pizza hut in Vanita, Oklahoma, and this was from Lorene's statement, who is Laria's mother. And the authorities, however, believed that the three of them actually ate at Big Bill's barbecue, and that was located on the 300 block of North Wilson Street in Vanita, Oklahoma. So still the same city, town, but just different restaurants, and one is the authorities and one is the mother of one of the girls, so I don't really know. After dinner, the three of them did stop to buy some livestock feed, and then they made one last stop at Kathy's mother's home for some water for the evening. Eventually that evening, Ashley and Loria met up with Jeremy Hurst at a local Walmart. Jeremy Hurst was Ashley's boyfriend at the time, and he wanted to give her a silver heart pendant necklace for her birthday. Jeremy Hurst states that after the gift exchange, he returns Ashley and Loria to the Freeman home at around 9.30 that evening, and he leaves the home. Later, however, a family member stated that they visited the Freeman home that evening as well, and Jeremy actually didn't go home until 10.30. So, it's not too big of a difference, but it is differing accounts. So, it is something that should be brought to light. There were absolutely no calls that were outgoing or ingoing from the Freeman residence on this evening. And by all accounts, everything was just normal. Ashley was having fun, celebrating her birthday, and having a sleepover with her best friend, Loria, And they all also had plans for the following day, December 30th. Kathy had planned to take Ashley the following morning to take her driver's test, and she also had plans to maybe go by the courthouse to possibly pursue a civil lawsuit against David Hayes for the shooting of Shane Freeman, because at this point, it hadn't even been that long since Shane had been shot and killed, so she was possibly going to pursue a case against David Freeman. Gloria had a dentist appointment that she was planning to attend that next morning as well, and she basically just was planning on waking up early and driving straight to the appointment and then doing whatever with the rest of her day. At around 6 a.m. on December 30th, 1999, a passerby reported seeing the Freeman's home on fire. Upon arrival, authorities began their investigation, and they inici- initially sorry, found the remains of Kathy Freeman, Ashley's mother. Authorities told the public that they were confident that Kathy was the only one who had died in the home, and they were so sure that they even left the scene unsecured overnight, which is just shocking. I can't believe that, but I digress. As we all know, based off of the events from the prior evening, this is a quite confusing scene to come upon. We know that Ashley and Loria were in the home, and not just them, but Danny too, Ashley's father. Where did they all go? The belief initially was that Danny Freeman had kidnapped the girls and fled the scene after killing Kathy Freeman. But the issue with this is that all of the Freeman family vehicles were still parked outside of the home, and Loria's vehicle was also found near the home, and what's really, really odd is her keys were still in the ignition. Loria's purse was also found propped up inside of the trailer. The following morning, so December 31st, 1999, Jay Bible and the rest of the Bible family arrived at the scene to try and find any sort of information on where Loria could be. Because, as we know, they only found Kathy. Where did Loria go? Where did Ashley go? And where did Danny go? During the search for clues, Jay found Danny's deceased body in the bedroom of the trailer home. His body had been mostly covered up by debris from the fire, so this is why they did not initially locate him during their first search of the home, but it's just so crazy to me that they left the scene unsecure and then they come back and there's like another body. But also, it's just crazy that they just left the scene unsecure with the body there. It's just wild. But anyway, after further investigation of the bodies themselves, investigators were able to determine that both Kathy and Danny had both died of gunshot wounds, not the fire. So what actually happened to Kathy and Danny? It was proved that Danny had actually suffered a fractured collarbone on his right side before he had been shot and killed. And the coroner determined that Kathy had actually died at around 5 a.m. on December 30th, 1999. So, just about an hour before the fire was noticed and called in. So, it was believed that the fire was intentionally set to try and cover up the shooting. But they still had no Ashley or Loria, and they had absolutely no clues leading to where they might have been. It's just, they just disappeared. It's insane it's such a crazy case to me it's wild very odd scenarios Lorraine told investigators that she knew that Ashley had been saving up her own money and was doing this to buy herself a car that December and it was believed by Lorraine that Ashley had saved up about $1200 and that all of this money was in a savings account where Lorraine said that Ashley had 1200 in a savings account Jeremy Hurst who was Ashley's boyfriend, said that Ashley, in fact, did not have a bank account at all and that she had saved between $3,000 and $4,000. Jeremy also stated that she kept all of her money in a Tupperware container inside of her freezer and authorities checked this and they said that they could not find this money or any evidence of this money in any of the debris from the fire. Lorene also gave some input on a fight that may have ensued between Ashley and her father, Danny, a few weeks prior to this whole incident. This fight was revolving around the vehicle that Ashley wanted to drive. Her and Danny apparently just had very different views on what she would get for her first car. Without any real leads or evidence pointing law enforcement in the right direction in this case, it just goes cold. There are a few suspects looked at throughout the years who we will discuss a little bit later, but for the most part, nothing is really figured out about this case until 2018, which is 18 years later. So, where there may have been a lack of leads in this case for 18 years, there were a lot of theories and a few suspects like I stated previously, so let's go over some of these. Towards the beginning of this case, a lot of people crazily believe that Ashley and Loria could have somehow been involved in the Freeman's murders, and this was because the multiple searches that were carried out for Ashley and Loria that really just provided nothing to authorities. But neither one of these girls seems to be a murderer or even capable of something so sinister. Both of these girls were well-behaved and well-rounded individuals. Ashley was a member of NHS, or National Honor Society, and the high school basketball team. And Loria was a very good student who was also on the cheer squad. Loria had planned to attend cosmetology school after high school. By all accounts, these girls were on the up-and-up, just enjoying their teenage years, not plotting this master plan of murdering their parents and running away. Another theory that is heavily believed by the Freeman family members is that they believe these murders may have been something to do with the local law enforcement. David Hayes, a police officer who shot and killed Shane Freeman in the car chase, turned shooting, had a brother who was also in law enforcement. Could this have been because of the possible civil lawsuit that Kathy was about to file. Both officers, however, did actually take polygraph tests and they both passed, and neither of them were ever really considered to be like official suspects in this case. They were looked into, but they weren't official suspects. Let's now talk about the possible real suspects in this case, and before talking about them, let me also add that both of these men confessed killing Ashley and Loria, So, they both, they confessed, both of them. So, let's, let's talk about their story. Serial killer Tommy Lynn Sells was investigated as a suspect, and he was a terrible, terrible man. Tommy Lynn Sells was an American serial killer who claimed to have killed over 70 people between July of 1979 and December of 1999. He was known to have been many things, including a pedophile, a necrophiliac serial killer, a serial trigger warning rapist. He was also an abductor and a robber. So just all around, not good things. He was a very transient killer, so he moved all over the country. But around the times of the murders, he seemed to frequent surrounding states of Oklahoma and Oklahoma itself. So this kind of seemed to be a promising lead, but there was never any evidence that actually tied him to the crime. Another suspect was Jeremy Brian Jones and Jeremy Brian Jones was another serial killer and he had anywhere from 4 to 21 victims. His span of killing was from the years of 1992 to 2004 and he seemed to frequent Kansas, Alabama, Georgia, and Louisiana, so not necessarily Oklahoma, but close-ish. And he also would use shooting as one of his methods of killing, so this could also be a possible tie to Jeremy because both Danny and Kathy were shot before the fire was intentionally set, if we remember. This, too, though, led to nothing, of course. In 2018, an overlooked piece of evidence comes into play to help solve this case 18 years later. Just days after the murders occurred, Tom Pryor, who was a private investigator, found an auto insurance card in the Freeman's driveway. He then traced his cardholder down to a woman who was living at the time with a drug dealer, and this drug dealer's name was Phil Welch. He then tracked down the car that this auto insurance card belonged to and he found it in a salvage lot and in this car, you want to know what he found. Girls clothing and rental receipts for Philip Welch's mobile home where he was living at this time. So that just kind of ties it all together. His card was at the scene of the crime. There's girls clothing in his car and it's at the salvage lot for some reason, so it's all very suspicious and all coming together. Tom Pryor states that he told investigators about this insurance card and they didn't take it as evidence, so he decided that he needed to hold on to it for nearly two decades, 18 years to be exact. He did this in hopes that maybe someday someone would come asking about this piece of evidence that he saw to be very crucial but the police obviously didn't at the time. Eventually, in 2018, an investigator from the OSBI came knocking on his door, asking about, what do you know, the auto insurance card. And from this discovery, investigators were able to determine that Phil Welch and two other men, David Pennington and Ronnie Busick, were the ones to murder both Kathy and Danny. They stated that this was because of some drug debt that Kathy and Danny had owed these men. They also believe that these men then kidnapped Ashley and Loria, keeping them alive for a few days before sadly killing them. The only one out of the three of these men who is still alive is Ronnie Busick, and he's still to this day denies any involvement in Ashley and Loria's murders and kidnappings. He was arrested and charged with four counts of first-degree murder. Though he denies any involvement in Ashley and Loria's murders and kidnappings, he does plead guilty to being an accessory to the murders of Kathy and Danny Freeman. He also pleads guilty to arson, abduction, and the murder of Ashley and Loria. So, contradictory there saying he's not doing it, but he's pleading guilty to it, so I don't know. Ronnie Busick was sentenced to 15 years in prison for this heinous crime, and 15 years seems a little light if you ask me, but I digress. Neither Ashley nor Loria's remains have ever been found, and their families have never received the closure that they so desperately deserve. This case is so incredibly heartbreaking and it is just so frustrating as well that they could have really solved it so much earlier if they would have just taken that one piece of crucial evidence. That one tiny auto insurance card could have solved this case 18 years prior to when it actually got solved. And not only that but maybe they could have solved it when phil and david were still alive to be convicted and maybe they could have provided a location as to where these remains were this is the very sad case of ashley freeman and loria bible thank you for listening all right everyone so that brings our wednesday case to a close I hope you enjoyed it this case was just so mind-boggling to research i just still cannot understand really why this happened to these girls or their i guess one of their mom and dad like it's just it's crazy it's a very crazy case and that it happened in oklahoma just wild wild shit happens in this state all the time and i just don't even notice but whatever. I think that's about it. Please... Oh, hello, dog. Please go like and comment on the Halloween post because I want to give you a spooky basket once again. There's going to be some cool stuff in there. Just go like it and comment your favorite Halloween movie and follow me on either Instagram or Facebook. And if you don't know my socials, I'm about to tell you. So, my email... Is the not so grateful dead pod at gmail.com, website the not so grateful dead.podbean.com, Instagram the Not So Grateful Dead underscore podcast, TikTok the Not So Grateful Dead Pod, and Facebook the Not so Grateful Dead Podcast with Grayson Decker. So go follow, go like, go review, leave me a rating if you would like. Oh my god the dog's so loud again so sorry they know it's the end of the episode okay well have a good rest of your week i'll see you on sunday for a spooky episode and a true crime episode i once again hope you have a lovely week i'll see you then Bye bye <laughs>